This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stoney's Brewing, the official pre-draft draft beer of Steeler Nation. Crack of Stoney's, pure, honest, beer. I'm your host G Striker and today we are going to talk about the draft. And fortunately for all of us, I brought somebody that's an actual professional to help us talk about it and we're really excited to have the Pittsburgh Steelers beat writer from the athletic.com, Mark Kabali. Mark, how you doing, man? Pretty good. I like your sponsor there, Stony. <laughs> I, I know. grew up <laughs> not I grew up not long, not far from the original Stony's plant in Smithton, PA. So we always used to say they used to get it out, get the water out of the Smithton River, but no sugar. Come on, Stonies. I still drink that up at training camp when I go to Sharky's. That is perfect. So I'm glad there's still a big <laughs> steel connection and a big Steeler Nation connection with Stonies because uh, obviously our our sponsor loves to hear that. So that's great. Um, I guess uh, coming in, so we're really happy to have you, Mark. And I know the Steelers have done a couple moves here. Uh, recently that I've um, that we haven't really had a chance to talk about on the podcast yet. Uh, one of the big uh, players they just brought in uh, last week, Saeed Blacknall, the wide receiver from the XFL, the uh, LA Wildcats. Big guy, six foot three, two ten, uh, out of Penn State. Been in the league for a few years. Played was rostered, I think, for one game with Oakland and bounced around. But um, do you know any any anything about um, Saeed? Have you looked into him? Uh, no, really. You know that I believe what he's a Penn State guy that yeah. really didn't really produce that much. Mm-hmm. He had some up and down season over there, but it's uh, you know, these are guys that they're bringing in now. Was either they were going to bring in probably in January as future deals, but couldn't because yeah. they played in XFL mm-hmm. or guys that they're which is probably a bigger part of the story of this this run on Anna XFL guys and guys like that is exactly yeah. the fact that they're, they're, they're not sure about how the undrafted free agents are going to go here at the end of the draft, if they're going to be able to sign the guys they need to. So they're looking at some of these guys that they do have tape on. And he's one of them. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, is he more than a camp body? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, can he make, can all these, any of these guys make the active roster? Sure. I mean, we saw, we saw who um, Cam uh, wow, last wow. year. Uh, how can, how can I forget this? Duck Hodges. We had Duck Hodges <laughs> Duck and Hodges, yep. Skipper be workouts, right? Yeah, yeah. So they, they, you have to keep an eye on them, but most of these guys are roster fillers right now that maybe have an outside shot to hit the practice squad. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't get too worked up over any you know, mid-April XFL transactions. Yeah, we had three more XFL players uh, joining the team yesterday uh, on the transaction yep. list. It was uh, uh, Aaron Springs, a five foot ten, two hundred pound safety from the Wildcats. 
Uh, you got John Kenoy, uh, a center, six foot four, about three hundred pounds, from the Guardians of New York in the XFL, and also uh, Anthony Coyle, another guard, about six foot two and a half, uh, two hundred pounds, um, out of, from the Dallas Renegades. Uh, one more person brought in was a guy by the name of Breon Borders, uh, cornerback out of Duke, five foot eleven, uh, one eighty nine. Uh, and he bounced around the, the league for a bit. He's been in the league since 17, uh, bounced yeah. around between like Oakland, Buffalo, Houston, Jacksonville, Washington. He's made his rounds. Uh, but he was yeah. extremely productive. Yeah, those are guys Those are guys you might want to keep an eye on, the guy that's bounced around like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, to a, to a lesser degree, Johnny Holton last year yeah. was a guy that spent time that was got an opportunity. And, mm-hmm. man, if my memory serves me correct, Maybe five, six years ago, they brought a guy in for a workout right in May mm-hmm. for the uh, uh, called Donald. I think his name was Donald Butler. Uh-huh. I can't remember his name now. He was a cornerback. Corner, yeah, he ended up say. making the team. Yeah. He was. He, he's a guy. We have a guy that's, that has been around the league. It's more than just okay. We need him because we, you know, Marquise Pouncey's not going to practice a lot, so we need to have two an extra center. Yeah. This is a guy that you probably want to look at as uh, maybe the biggest potential just because he's been around, he's been to camps. So for that to happen, mm-hmm. they must, uh, you know, see something in him more than they see in probably all the other guys. Yeah, and, and you're right, too, stating, stating earlier, earlier with the whole COVID-19 outbreak and people really not being able to go out and see people. I mean, now the Steelers have just signed their ninth XFL player, Uh-oh. which you're saying normally would be like futures contracts and things like that. Uh, camp bodies, you know, people to see what they can do. But at least with the XFL, and one big bonus for the XFL, even though it lasted just barely over half a season, was it gave teams a little bit more tape on players and, and what they can do in a in a you know professional semi pro setting. So yeah, and that's uh, that's what you need. I mean, if you're yeah. a player like that, I mean, the XFL is obviously not wasn't a great league in terms of. You know, talent. Yeah. But you know, the guys that were talented stood out from time to time, mm-hmm. and and they they can see that. And the more you put on the tape, I mean, a lot of these guys go to these training camps in August, knowing that it's probably going to be very difficult for them to make the team. Yeah. But if they keep continuously put their tape out there, somebody's watching, and if you're good enough somebody will grab you. So yeah. not necessarily they're playing for the Steelers in August. When you know the four-string quarterback is not going to make the team, yeah, he pretty much saying, "Hey, here's what I can do. Does anybody else want to give me a shot?" Mm-hmm. So that's what these guys did in the XFL. And you, Christian Kuntz last year too. He yeah, he came in late in August, mm-hmm. and actually, even though he's a long snapper, mm-hmm. I thought he played pretty decent linebacker. So he's a yeah. guy that you would look at XFL as a potential. There's a spot for him. Yeah. We know how bad the uh, depth is on outside linebackers, so there is a spot open for him. And I, like I said, I thought he had a legitimate shot of making this team last year, so that's another guy that uh, you would probably keep an eye out out of the XFLers. Nice, yeah. A couple XFLers that I'm still just floored uh, aren't in the league yet or haven't been picked up yet. One is Cam Phillips. I mean, Cam Phillips was just a monster among men in the XFL. I think out of the five weeks, three of the weeks, he was named XFL Player of the Week. Receiver, big-bodied receiver, about six foot two, uh, 215 pounds or so. But he's a really good possession receiver, led the league in touchdowns and yardage. 
Um, you know, he had, a, I think he had close to 11 touchdowns, I think, in that league in five games. So, I mean, this, the guy had really you would put think, up a good tape. You, you would think he'll eventually get picked up. That might be by his doing as well. You don't know how these guys think that potentially that he says, okay, let's wait until after the draft. All of a sudden, somebody doesn't get the receiver they want. Yep. All of a sudden, instead of offering me the vet minimum, yep. you know, they give me a two-year deal and throw in 150k in signing bonus. I mean, that somebody that did that well in the XFL, I would imagine, is waiting for the right opportunity and, and the right money to come along. So I wouldn't be surprised if that guy signed not long after the draft. Yeah, and uh, one other guy I want to bring up too from the XFL, guy that you probably have some knowledge of and a guy that used to play on the Steelers um, a few years ago when he used to come in and, and spell uh, Bud Dupree with his various injuries bouncing on and off the roster, and that was Stevie Johnson. Uh, he ended up leading the XFL in tackles, and I know he's an older guy, but he seems to be productive yeah. anytime he gets on a football field. Yeah, uh, he he was one of their special teams guys, too, pretty much a, I wouldn't say key contributor, maybe a core guy. Yeah. I don't believe he was another guy that might have came in as a, a practice, not practice squad, a, a tryout type of guy. He he really didn't uh, come down the, on the roster in conventional methods yeah. as well. But, you know, when it comes to the Steelers and some of those older guys, mm-hmm. sometimes they don't really like – and when they're bringing in guys mm-hmm. – well, I guess it doesn't matter now. I'm speaking, you know, I'm speaking through this as I talk it. Yeah. Because in, in the past, they would bring in guys of, uh, you know, the futures deals who would have extra, would be definitely eligible for the practice squad. Uh-huh. You know, they wouldn't be out of now with the new CBA rules. I think everybody's available for the practice squad. So wow. that uh, sort of changes their mode of operation as well. But but t- typically they stay away from, you know, the thirty. 28, 29, 30-year-old defenders that have a you know a couple uh, miles under their belt. They want some at least a little bit of meat left on the bone yeah. with some of these uh, uh, free agents. Great points. And um, I guess now switching over toward the draft. Uh, like like I said, I'm really happy to have you here. The draft is not in like evaluating college players isn't really my forte i mean once we start getting down to specific players i'm good at breaking down film but i'm not much of a to tell you the truth i'm not much of a person that watches a whole lot of college um games during the year um personally this year as you would since you follow college football you follow professional football um what positions do you think are the deepest going into the draft this season well, obviously, wide receiver is number one. Yeah, it seems to be. I mean, you can probably get about a dozen of those guys uh, to go within the first two rounds that are high-level mm. guys. So that that's number one off the bat. I mean, you're going to get a pretty good wide receiver in this draft that you're going to look back on. I wouldn't say like a Michael Thomas type because I don't think they got high-end guys like that. Uh-huh. But somebody in the second round, you're like, wow, how did he go in the second round type of situation? Yeah. That's by far the the best. I mean, some of the other positions, um, I guess running back's okay, uh-huh. but you know how that's been devalued. Yeah. I mean, you got Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, yeah. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, those type of guys will probably be off the board within, you know, the first two rounds. Uh-huh. Uh, see, it's, it's tough with offensive line. Guards are tough because guards aren't valued very much 
So th- there's not a ton of those. There's not a ton of centers. There might be one or two that are good tackles. You're probably going to have seven go off on the first board, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're seven stud players. Yeah. That means that their value is if you have a chance to get a guard, a tackle. Mm. I mean, I'm not talking about Jonathan Ogden. I'm talking about just a guy that can be a six-year, seven-year starter. Yeah. All of a sudden, they elevate a little bit more. Mm on the draft board. That's why you're going to see some guys, probably a bunch of busts, I would say tackles wise in the first round, because they're not going to you know, be very, because they're going to reach for them. Tight ends bad. Mm-hmm. Um, edge rushers yeah. are good at the top, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how deep do you think edge rushers are then? You said you're good at the top, about two, three, four. Well, the edge rushers are, yeah. they're good. At, you know, the good ones are good. Yeah. And uh, then after that, Big drop off. You know, it, it drops off a, a little bit. Inside linebackers are the same thing, too. Yeah. They're good at the top. You have one or two. Murray and Packer Queen are good, probably first round, maybe late, early second round. Then there's a lull. Then there's a cluster of about four or five of them mm-hmm. that are good. Nice. So how does that fit in with the Steelers' needs this season? What do you see as being the biggest needs for the Steelers since they've been making a lot of moves and filling a lot of holes here and free agency? Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference between what they need mm-hmm. and what they're going to draft because mm-hmm. when you draft at 49, you're not going to have the luxury of say, you know what, I, I think we need an offensive guard. Mm-hmm. I think we have like this Devin Bush guy, so let's move up 10 spots yeah. and get him. They, they, it's impossible to identify who's going to be there at 49. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be the old cliche of, picking the best player available, let that draft come to them. Yeah. So that's why it could be a number of positions there at 49 when they, when they pick, I mean, I mean, they need inside linebacker. They need a defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. They probably need a running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, you probably could help some tight end. I mean, obviously the offensive line is old, so they can use some help there. Yeah. But then you have to start considering need with value here now mm-hmm. what is the best value comes in at 49 and when you look at the board like i mentioned earlier the inside linebackers have a nice cluster of good guys maybe in the third and the fourth round yeah um so you're not going to take those second overall the running backs might be gone so there's not a good cluster there the Offensive linemen, there will be nobody worth taking with that 49th overall pick there. Mm-hmm. Same with tight end. Same with corner. Mm-hmm. So it always takes you back to where who has the most – what what position is the deepest, yeah. which you're probably going to have the best value. And I always keep coming back to wide receiver. Yeah. Not that they need one. Yeah. <laughs> but when they get to that 49th point, when they get to that 49th, they're going to say, oh, my goodness, we can't pass on this guy. This guy yeah. could be very, very good. Yeah. So that's the way I think that how that draft's going to play out. They're just going to wait to see, and there's going to be somebody of value. Mm-hmm. And it might even be, I mean, maybe it's a safety. The safety can fall into that spot, even though maybe you don't need one immediately. Yeah. But how can you pass? If you pass up somebody, mm-hmm. say you want, say, I always bring back to 2012. Mm-hmm. Steelers didn't think they were going to get David DeCastro. DeCastro was. Yeah by far going to get taken early. Yeah. All of a sudden he falls, 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 falls. They don't necessarily need a guard. Yeah. They're like, you know what? This guy's too good to pass up. Yeah. <laughs> you pass him up, then you don't have like a seven-time pro bowler and probably one of the best guards in the league. So yeah. I think that's the type of 
uh, draft we're going to see out of the Steelers this year. And that's going to be something, too, for the Steelers, obviously the way that they're working in their draft board and, like you're saying, the way that there's going to be run on players, and especially quarterback, obviously, isn't something that they're necessarily looking to fill this year. But we know there's going to be a, a decent amount of quarterbacks taken in the first round, early second, that are going to drop the value of some player, or at least drop the positioning of some players. Where, you know, if they weren't quarterbacks, they wouldn't go as high as, <laughs> as they obviously go normally in drafts. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty safe to say the quarterbacks not on the Steelers' big board, yeah. Unless you know, unless Justin Herbert falls to the 49th overall pick, which mm-hmm. I don't think is going to happen. If Tua can, you know fall to that spot maybe yeah other other than that yeah i don't see any possibility of why they would take a quarterback actually anywhere in this draft to be honest with you and two it's a good point too because two it who was somebody that they solidly viewed as a first round talent and you see when that guy is on the field and fully healthy he's a he's a first round talent a guy is a heck of a player you 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 look at you look at mason rudolph i Mm -hmm. mean that's why they pulled the trigger on him a couple of years ago because they had that first grade, first round grade, first round talent on him, and all of yeah. a sudden you're there in the middle of the third. You're like, wow, we don't really want a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, we just dropped Josh Dobbs. Ben's coming off one of his better years, mm-hmm. but you can't pass that up. So. Yeah. But I, I find it very difficult to believe that anybody's going to fall for them. Steelers don't have the capital to move to forty nine to say thirty two. That would cost them the majority of next year's draft yeah. just to get a potential backup. So any possibility of quarterback, I just, if you think they're p- picking a quarterback, you're just not paying attention to the Steelers yeah. of what they said in the off season, mm-hmm. some of the moves they made and some of the, you know, what they've, you know, how they, how they go about their team. So. Yeah. Cause I've seen a lot of analysts trying to, to pop in hurts uh, uh, right around that draft pick as well. Um, but you know, I, I'm with you. I, I don't necessarily know if, if a if, if necessarily feel that a quarterback is the best value you could get at that spot, unless somebody like really uh, somebody really have a first round draft grade would drop to that spot. Oh, and, and just on a quick aside too, I, I want to get an opinion from you because uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to somebody that really follows the Steelers uh, as closely as someone like you. Um, the Steelers do have another. Uh, quarterback on the roster with the first round talent and was drafted in the first round and that's Lynch um, how do you view him as the competition moves forward toward uh, the preseason yeah, you know they even got JT Barrett on the roster too oh, wow. I don't know how long that's going to stay they, they, they signed him I think Christmas Eve last year hmm. you know a pretty uh, spectacular college quarterback but Lynch man Lynch is a strange dude man you don't know how to take him right now he's a He's a physical beast. He's yep. like six seven. Yep. He just towers over everybody. When you watch him in practice, he just got an absolute cannon. Mm-hmm. But he can't probably hit the broad side of the barn. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so it's kind of difficult. I mean, the reason why they keep him around is okay. He has some talent. Mm-hmm. He was a first round pick of the Broncos. Plus, he's pretty cheap. When yeah. they brought him on last year, I believe they signed him to a two year deal. Yeah. Now, can he push? Devin Duck Hodges for the number three spot. I would say, yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. It's just going to be interesting to see how they construct their roster this year because typically they only keep two active quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And no, they keep three quarterbacks and one on the 
active one on the practice squad. Oh. Or no, they never keep one on the practice squad. Last year they last had year they did. They threw so, yeah, duck on the practice. Usually they yeah. keep three on the, the roster, and they have one yeah, they keep three and no practice days. squad yeah. because in practice squad, I mean the number three quarterback gets no reps, yeah. let alone the practice squad quarterback. But last year was a little different because of the uncertainty with that position. Yeah. So somebody's going to have to go. I mean, if it's Duck, but Duck's, I mean, Duck, I mean, for all the criticism he took, this is a guy that came in as a tryout in March. Or yeah. May, <laughs> yeah. And still led them to what? Five wins or something like that. Yeah. He looked fantastic I mean, he might, in preseason he might... too. And, and they ended up, you know, putting it together on the field so, as well he, early on. Yeah. He, it's tough to, it's tough to, you know, pull the trigger on getting rid of him when he got a couple more years left on his deal he really hasn't had much of you know in the way of experience before any other than in-game experience that's why probably Matt Canada came on probably could help him out probably help Mason Rudolph out but I think it might be tough unless Paxton Lynch comes out and just lights it up you're in training camp and preseason if there's a training camp if there's a preseason but it it's pretty much set, I think. Maybe you know, another thing is maybe they do with the uncertainty of Roethlisberger's elbow mm. long term. Maybe they do hold on to a guy on the practice squad just so they're not in a position like they were last year either. It's going to be interesting to see how that happens, but we got months before that yeah, happens. It's, it's just interesting how that draft kind of has come full circle for the Steelers because I remember there was a lot of talk about the Steelers having interest in Paxton Lynch for that draft, and then – you know, he was taken obviously right before the Steelers picked, and um, so they, you know, really wasn't an option or something that they had to decide or move on. So to still end up getting that kind of value and have that player here in camp now with them without having to take that draft capital is kind of a bonus. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, he he he. You could see why. Well, maybe not why somebody would take him in the first round, but you could see he has talent compared to some of the other. You know, third or four string or camp arms you've seen in camp mm. over the years. So he's a little, little different. So who knows? I mean, last year, who knew that? You know, to be honest with you, I was there when the when they had the, the rookie try the tryouts came with the rookie mini camp, mm. which would actually be two weeks from now if there was actually football going on. Yeah. and I, I don't remember the colleges. I have no recollection of him taking part in that three-day uh, tryout mini camp or whatsoever, and he goes on to, you know, win his first three games or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's something else. You never know, like you're saying. So so you're saying at that 49 spot then, do you have any players that you would like to see if the Steelers were able to grab at that spot? Yeah, you know, there's a couple of them. Like I said, I've been pretty bullish from January thinking it's going to be a wide receiver, uh-huh. like I mentioned before because of, uh, you know, just the value that's going to be too hard to pass up. I mean, mm-hmm. the way you look at it, it looks like, to me, I like Michael Pittman from Southern Cal. Yeah. Big, strong guy, mm-hmm. has bloodlines of dead, played in the league. Mm-hmm. He can, you know, run after a catch. He can do it all. Mm-hmm. Jalen Rager from TCU didn't have a great, great year last year, but – his quarterback was a true freshman. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of valuation there, which I think might scare them off this year with him. Mm-hmm. And even the kid out of Penn State, Hamler, I mean, he's a guy that could be interesting in my eyes because you can use him almost immediately in roles that maybe, you know, the Chiefs did last year mm-hmm. with Nicole Hardman as a rookie, 
um, especially with Matt Canada's offense, or not Matt Canada's offense, his influence where you would imagine that he'll say, hey, I got a couple plays here to Randy Fickner. Say, hey, we got Hamler here. We can use him now. Mm-hmm. He's fast. He's He can do some jet sweeps. So those are the three guys right off the off the top of my head that I think would be available there. If you look at running back, mm-hmm. it's hard. I think Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin will be gone. Mm-hmm. But do you want a guy who has a thousand career college touches anyways? Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, he's probably going to be gone, but I think he had 800 touches in his college career. I don't know if I want that. Clyde Edwards Hilaire from LSU would be good because he's one of those guys I think are, you know, he's he's a tweener as in he can be a third down back and be able to help them out in certain situations, sort of like a handler type of thing. Yeah. So he would be interesting right there at that pick. And Cam Akers from uh, Florida State is a guy that's probably being undervalued that would be right there at, at that position. Other than that, honestly, I can't see inside linebacker being worth it there. I can't see out, or edge guy, outside rush guy being worth it there. I can't see guards or tackles being worth it right in that 49 hot spot right there. Yeah. Tight end, no. I keep checking them off and saying, well, if they need one, but there's nobody really worth it right there. You keep checking it off, and I just keep coming back to wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, even yeah. though you got three of them that are, I think, under 23 years of age right now, or yeah. under 24. Yeah, they do have a young squad now. Um, one interesting thing, then, if the Steelers are sitting there in that spot, they've got a couple wide receivers that they like. Um, they're low on draft capital this year. Um, what would you w- would you be surprised that the Steelers chose to drop back in the draft and, and pick up a little bit more draft capital for either this year and possibly next year as well? Uh, I don't think so. I think they made their move last year with Fitzpatrick to be able, you know, uh, to get rid of that first round pick. So I don't think they'd be too interested unless they're overrun because you're getting getting rid of a second round pick. You're really not going to get that much more, maybe you get an extra fourth round, an extra fifth round, maybe, just maybe, you know, if you move back a couple spots, say, I don't know who's even behind them, say the Seahawks, say, hey, we want to come up to 49 because we really like this guy. Yeah. We only have to move back five spots, but we'll give you a fifth round pick. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. But to totally take yourself out of a position to take a guy that, you know, could be a contributor this year, I don't think they'll do that. Gotcha. Nice. So who do you think is the single greatest pick for this year for the draft? Who's your number one? For me, overall? Or overall, just overall for the draft. Uh, well, I would imagine Joe Burrow would go to the Bengals, right? Yeah. Unless they screw that up somehow, <laughs> which maybe they do. <laughs> maybe they trade. I mean, that's the cheapest organization in in the NFL, so maybe they don't want to pay a first round money to <laughs> a guy like that. So, uh, still, so, I mean, I don't see how you can't take that guy, your quarterback, Dalton, in his 30s. And even if it takes a year to go there, I mean, to get him up to speed, which probably shouldn't. You got Zach Taylor there, the coach, a guy that, mm-hmm. under that Sean McVay umbrella that. You know, this offensive geniuses. So you would think that would be a pretty good fit there in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Young, obviously, number two to 
the Redskins, they're probably going to get a steal there with one of the best edge rushers after that. Yeah. But after that, man, it's anybody's bet. Oh, wow. I mean, I don't Yeah, I mean, it can go any way. Uh, it can go any way after that. That's why you even look at the best guys, supposedly best guys, the Kuipers, the Jeremiah's, and all those guys. Mm-hmm. If they get three or four picks right in that first round in their mock draft, that's considered a win. Yeah. So it might be worse. It might be worse this year because a lot of that information is brought down or, or collected by a lot of people in pro days mm. and, and visits and stuff like that. That's gone this year. So we might see some people go in the first round this year, this year like, whoa, how did this happen? But if it was prior years, you would have saw that guy Yeah. because pro days are here. So it's going to be an interesting draft. And let's hope they got some 5G wireless all <laughs> the basements. Let me tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be a really interesting thing. And and draft wise, Mark, I'm I'm just saying like this is such a sports starved nation. We're going to see, I think, easily the best draft numbers for uh, for just TV <laughs> ratings that we've ever seen for a draft. And this might be borderline like. NFL football game ratings and higher, like playoff game ratings. Let's just hope, let's just hope it's better quality than the horse on ESPN. <laughs> or marble racing. Just, you, oh, you turn that on and my eyes, I, mean, I, I was like, they got my doll up from back in my teenage years. Somebody going to pick up the phone? Somebody going to pick up the phone and hear a buzzing and it disconnects you? So, as long as they have watchable video, mm-hmm. As in, you know, the guys in their basement or whatever, yeah. not choppy stuff. I think, I think they'll be able to produce it pretty well. So let's just hope it's not like that video we see on ESPN. Yeah, I think it might be interesting too because this is an instance for this draft. I mean, obviously with the distancing, it makes zero sense of putting a camera crew anywhere, sending a camera crew to anyone's yeah. house. But with technology nowadays and the way the kids utilize social media, this might be an aspect where they're just immediately putting up their phone calls on Twitter. So we're not getting that while they're interviewing or talking to somebody on the phone and say, Oh, I got to switch my line or they, I got to talk to somebody else and then kind of see visually that they're on the clock and somebody's calling them. And that's that aspect of the draft is, is something that I really didn't like. It kind of took away from the excitement of not knowing who the pack pick was but that became like the thing for for the NFL. It's like, oh, we got to be in and know who's going to be picked, and we got to got to see that moment. But it, but to me, the the moment itself would be more in like, yeah, I'm excited, I'm picked, as opposed to <laughs> when when they go to the reaction for it, as opposed to actually getting that phone call. You you'd be shocked to know how many picks they are behind. I mean, say the Steelers are 49, mm-hmm. he'll probably know, and pick 45 is probably just being shuttled. Mm. You see, a lot of times they, you know, some people have, um, some of the national writers, they, they think that they're, you know, big stuff at times, thinking they have all the, all the, uh, sources, but yeah, what they have is the league puts it into a database and they have, some guys have access to the database. Mm-hmm. So that's why you see picks being broken three, three, uh, three picks ahead. Yeah. Cause they just look in the database and say, Oh, this is what happens. Oh, so yeah. it's like the. So, you hear a lot of good debate saying, oh, they shouldn't tell you who it is. They're just good at their job. No, they got the password to the leaked database. That's uh, why. And that's a, that's a great <laughs> point, too, Mark, because this year it's probably going to behoove uh, all of the broadcasting to slow down 
um, the actual stating of who the draft pick is, obviously without having to have someone come up on stage and walk in from the from the war room to deliver the pick is kind of different too but you know it should be more instantaneous to get those picks in but it'd be smart for the leagues themselves just to slow it down to make sure that they can get some kind of reaction from the from those players that are getting picked maybe there's going to be sending them direct links to their videos or something like that just yeah, so. as long as as long as they don't have a pepsi bottle in front of them yeah right <laughs> you see that they're not allowed to have non- Sponsored NFL stuff, yeah, okay, that, that's going to work. They're going to have to blur it out somehow. Yeah, well, it have to be Pepsi this year because they are still the official drink of the NFL. But put it this way, but if I don't, it's the I don't way, think anybody's allowed. No, nobody's allowed to be holding the Stonies. Let me tell you. Yeah, that. unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> not, not enough Yinzers getting drafted. <laughs> No, but I'm with you there. Hey, hey, that's that's great. Do you have any other insight on the draft or any other um, um, things you'd like to talk about or, or let Steeler Nation? It's know? very tough this year. You know, I've been doing this for uh, I don't even know now, fifteen, twenty years, uh-huh. and you know, it's sort of a formula of how you figure out who they like. And this year's just totally thrown out the window. I yeah. mean, you don't know the pro days, you don't know the visits, you don't know who they dine with. You don't know who they're interested in. I'm not allowed in the facility at all to sneak around. You're in all this stuff around, and I'm, like, going in as, as naked as I've ever been. We usually have a pretty good feeling of what, where they're going, who they're headed. Yeah. But uh, not, not this year, man. Like I said, I think it's going to be a wide receiver just for the fact that, like I've said, it's, that's where the value is. Yeah. However, if somebody comes and says – if somebody – the Steelers are on the clock, and they pick, you know, a right guard. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> and I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, because it, it can go in so many different ways. Because the information is just, at least for us reporters, mm. or just at a very minimum this year than it was. Year. I mean, the other thing too is they cut out the owners' meeting in West Palm Beach this year, mm. where the one time a handful of us get to sit down for forty minutes and talk to Mike Tomlin. Um, get some fill out what happens. I mean, that's canceled. So that's a one-time Tomlin talk a year. You can't even, you know, figure out what he wants. So yeah. I guess it makes it interesting. But for me, it's, uh, you know, I wish I had a little bit more info or a little bit better grasp on uh, what they're really thinking mm-hmm. right now. You just have to go with what their roster says and who might be left in that position. And like I said, I just keep harping on it. I don't think it's going to be running back. Yeah. A lot of people want running back. I, for some reason, I'm a James Conner fan. I wasn't a fan of him when they when they drafted him. Uh-huh. I said, this is garbage. Mm. But even after that first year, but I saw after that first year what he did mm. and into that second year what he felt for Le'Veon. Yeah. But my goodness, if a guy would stay healthy, I think yeah. he could be a top 10 back in the league. Yeah. But he, I mean – It'd be so irresponsible to the Steelers to go into a season just assuming James Conner is going to be healthy. So that, yeah. That's what brings that position into play as well. So. Yeah. Plus it being his last be year as well draft. under contract. What's that? Plus him being in his last year under contract. Yeah. His rookie contract. Yeah. Right? He has a prove it type of thing. I mean, it, it's a tough situation when they let you play that last thing out, last season out. Yeah. Either – I played so well, I'm going to go get some money somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't play very well, and I'm, I don't want you. Yeah. So when they let you get to that last season, 
without a contract, you're pretty much not going to be here this, <laughs> the next year. Yeah. I mean, Ramon Foster was one of the few mm-hmm. that that was able to avoid that, but he was a little older. Yeah. But like you look at it, I mean, when once Hargrave, once Sean Davis got the free, got past the first week of the season, yeah. where they're not going to re- renegotiate or negotiate extensions. Yeah. He's going to be gone. I mean, I guess this year you can do it with Juju, but I guess there's always a fallback of franchising him next year. But yeah. that franchise tag for wide receivers is probably it's high. I, yeah. I would just assume it's going to be over 18, 19 million, wow. considering how much those guys get paid now. Yeah, that's something else. So, how are you planning on watching the draft this year and reporting? Are you going to be um, hitting up your Twitter account? That's a good question. I mean, typically we'd be at the facility. Yeah. And they would, do, we watch TV like everybody else. Uh-huh. And once they make the pick, the coach, the GM comes in, they would get the player on the phone. I'm assuming that's all going to be done remotely now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know how that's going to, maybe a conference call, but it's not going to be much different than everybody else out there. I'm probably going to be sitting in front of my TV. Mm-hmm. But, well, look, I guess the good thing is, you know, they don't have a first round pick. Yeah. So one good year to not have a first round pick is yeah. a year that things are all crazy and you're not too sure what's going on. Steelers can sit back and evaluate how things went on week day one and when yeah. I mean how things on how you know their 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 Wi Fi work, their communication works and all that stuff yeah. and make adjustments. Mm. I mean you get the sixth pick overall and all of a sudden, you know, I don't know. There's a windstorm outside and knocks all the power out, and everybody's internet goes out in Houston. Yeah. What do you do? Yep. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, geez. Hopefully, you do a phone in at that point. <laughs> the phone's still working. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This is, this is going to be a crazy draft. And I remember, like, certain instances on some drafts, and it always seemed to be Minnesota from year to year where they'd have an issue and they wouldn't go up to the podium. And then you got people sprinting up ahead of them making draft picks. And then, uh, you know, it's usually 15 minutes per pick, ends up being like five picks in five minutes. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I mean, I, I welcome that. Yeah. I always say, what, what if something happens like in the Steelers in like the third or fourth round, mm-hmm. somebody loses connection. And all of a sudden, it like comes on auto pick like you do fantasy football, and they drop the punter. They, they drop the punter in the fourth round. I'm like, wait a second, wait. They, they've done that before. Oh, gee, yep. Yeah, and they move. Did they move up for that punter too? Uh, or the long snapper in the sixth round was one of my favorites. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Is, is he still in the league? Colin Holba. Yeah, Holba. I think he's with Jacksonville. I, I think he is. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah I remember yeah. jumping up for Sepulveda as well. He can tackle. I know that. Uh, he's a big tackler. <laughs> yeah, Colin Holba. He was a baseball. Well, he wasn't. He was a baseball player, but uh-huh. apparently he uh, was a a manager for the Louisville baseball team after he realized he can't play. A bit manager for the Louisville baseball team, the guy that like collects dirty towels, yeah. is getting drafted <laughs> sixth overall. I mean, a sixth, sixth over, rounder, sixth round yeah. The Steelers. Yeah, no, that's something else. That's something else. <laughs> well, Mark, I, I really appreciate you joining us in the Steeler Nation um, podcast today. It's been really fun talking to you, and I'm really happy for your insight. All right, appreciate it. Cool. Hey, Steeler Nation. Please, uh, you know, you got to check out Mark Kabali and, and uh, to follow him, obviously, on Twitter, at Mark Kabali. That's at M-A-R-K-K-A-B-O-L-Y at www.theathletic.com. He's the beat writer for the Steelers. 
go to The Athletic, check out his articles. He's always a good read and obviously a wealth of information. We're happy to have you again, Mark. I really appreciate you being on the show. All right. You take it easy. Cool, man. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, Steeler fans, make sure to come to SteelerNation.com for the best football forum and Steelers news on the Internet. Tweet us at SteelerNation or Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Thanks for joining us for the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Stoney's Brewing. I'm your host, G Stryker, with Mark Cabali, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!